Hey, thanks for coming to another episode of my humble little podcast. Yesterday, we had Valentine's Day, and it's a universal celebration of love. And there's many couples who are going to go out and have a good time, and there's many people who are at home or hanging out with their friends because they don't have a loved one, I suppose, in that fashion to go out with. Anyway, today's podcast, I wanted to do maybe like an open thought process of how I perceive love because it's quite a complex word. I'm not entirely sure that this word can ever be defined properly because some people say it's a feeling. Some people say when you know, you know. Some people say that it's a verb. Some people say that it is a almost like an infatuation towards someone. And from my own experience, having been in a couple of relationships, I would say, my longest relationship was six years, that to this day, I still don't really know what love exactly is. And I don't think anyone does. So... What's helped me is there's a Christian description of the four types of love, which is coming from, I believe, the Greeks, which is there's erotic love, which is what you get with a partner. You love their passion. You love their romance. There's a physical component involved, sex, affection, kissing, physical stuff, all that. And then there's love for what you do, where a lot of people are unable to find a thing that they could do all the time. And then there's love for your friends, which is, as you would expect, love for your homies and your, your, your community. And then there's love for your family, your siblings, your mother, your father, your children. And sorry, maybe there's five types of love. And then the highest form of love they use as the example of Jesus Christ. And what that means is sacrificial love. So you love something so much that you're willing to give your life up for someone or something. And so when I look at all these descriptions of love, I'm not sure that people are able to discern when they say that they love something. Is Are they really saying they love something in from those five categories? Or is it something like they just feel good about something? Or do we just use the word because it's popular to say, I love something, as opposed to saying, oh, I just enjoy that, or I like that. So love as a word is such a, is such a interesting, interesting definition. And I don't think that we can ever encapsulate exactly what that is. Now, I'm not a father. Maybe one day I will be, but I know that with a lot of young dads and even dads in general, they will say that, when they have their first child, they experience what fatherly love means for the first time. Like they would, they, without hesitation, would say, I would die for my child. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that maybe only happens after you've had children because there's some sort of biological process that occurs along with it. So where I'll start this thought process is, well, love in the context of relationships, erotic love. What is it exactly? Is it purely a biological process where you enjoy the physical physical component of making love, having sex, 
holding your partner and vice versa. Well, from my own experience and from many of the guys I've spoken to, even with the women who I'm friends with, that seems to wear out in the first three or four years of your relationship. And I'm not saying that it goes away completely. You can still be turned on by your partner. But what I'm saying is that initial first two years where you just can't keep your hands off each other, that seems to go away. And that seems to be consistent across everyone. Because as a guy anyway, if you look at, say, the celebrity world, you get guys who are married to or in relationships relationships with some of the most beautiful women in the entire world. In the entire world. And if it was completely erotic, from the outside, we'd think, how could you ever want to break up with that partner considering how beautiful they are, how physically attractive they are? But it happens all the time. Like One could only look at Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And Amber Heard's smoking for most people, but eventually it came out that maybe she is not the best person. I, I'm not one to judge. I don't know her. But maybe, according to media reports, maybe she's not the best person. And that was eventually leading to the demise of their relationship because they were dysfunctional and they just couldn't work out their differences. So erotic love seems to wear out. But then if erotic love wears out and you think that that's love, then how could that be long-lasting? So there, there has to be something a little bit more to those long-lasting marriages of 50, 60 years where they, where they love until they die. And then there's love for your family, which is where, I mean, I have mum and dad, I have my brother, and I don't feel this insane amount of affection for them. I don't have this, I want to just look after them, I want to just take care of them. I don't have that. And I don't think that many people do. But when push comes to shove and your family members need you, everyone rallies. Most people will rally and say, don't worry, I will drop everything and I will do what needs to be done because I love my family. But that type, the feeling that that has in your body is unique because it is like a calm, almost like a calm level of peace that you know it's the right thing to do and you don't even think about it very much. You just know that, yeah, it's my family, so I'm going to go do that thing. So I believe that maybe if you're in a relationship with someone, at some point, as the erotic love starts to go down, if you have a family with them, if you have lots of things that you've done together, maybe they start to feel like your family. And I don't mean this in a weird sense of, How could you sleep with somebody that you feel like is your family? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it comes from the same place where they've just become so important in your life that the baseline is quite normal. Like you don't, you don't wake up and look at them and think, oh my God, I love them so much from how you were in the first maybe two, three years of your relationship. But it's more like, hey, this is, this is my family now. And I will do anything for my wife or my husband because that's just the way it is. My thoughts on that are maybe you start off in a relationship in the first two, three years with this infatuation. You have this 
deep affection for someone. And sometimes it's because there's an erotic underlying, like you're very physically attracted to each other. And that's fine. I think that's exciting. It's fun. But then at some point when that fizzles, something else takes over. And that's probably more like your family love, the love that you have for a deep, deep friend. And the erotic component is is just still there, but maybe not as high. So on Valentine's Day, when I'm seeing all this dialogue, I suppose, of people who are in love, which is great, good for you. I think it's a beautiful thing. But then there's also people who almost speak out against Valentine's Day. Like, what's wrong with being single? What's wrong with having a... life where perhaps that's not there what's wrong with that and my answer to that there's nothing wrong with that of course there's nothing wrong with that however i don't think that we should be taking away from celebrating the union of two people in that way in the valentine love erotic plus familial love i don't think we should be taking away from that because From my experience, and this has a no, this has zero evidence behind it. It's more like what I've observed in in life itself with my friends, both male and female, and even within myself. When people are involved in relationships, either monogamous or mainly monogamous, because that's most of the people I've been around. I honestly haven't been around many open relationships, people where it where it works. But say in monogamous relationships. The presence of that love, of the romantic nature, which is a blend of, I would say, erotic and familial love, it seems to make the individual enter a higher state of being. And I'm talking about the good relationships, the ones that aren't dysfunctional. And how do you define if somebody enters a greater state of being? Well, for a guy, if you're in a relationship and you're working harder, you're trying to provide more for your partner, you feel a sense of responsibility for them, you want to start a family with them, or you already have a family with them, you become more reliable, you take care of yourself more, you take care of your community more, everything that makes you a more productive member of your relationship, a productive member of your community, a productive father, these are good things. I don't think we can argue that if you're in a relationship where you become an alcoholic, you become overweight, you become isolated from your friends, you don't care about your spouse, you don't care about your children, I don't think we can define that relationship as a beneficial type of love. Vice versa, with a woman, when she's in a beautiful relationship, she flowers, she becomes a different version of herself, maybe she becomes more fulfilled, maybe she becomes more driven, if that's what she wants, or maybe she becomes a great mother, because that's what she wants to do. So, when I see great relationships and Valentine's being a celebration of the union and what it can provide for people, I think it's a really, really good thing. For a man, being involved in a relationship like that makes them a better human being. It makes them have the ability to step up and become a leader of, at the very least, their relationship and their household. And they become givers. And I... I'm going to make a generalized statement over here, but a man who is stepping into his power as a provider and a giver is the highest form of love that he can give, of sacrifice, 
of service. It's the highest form of love that he can give. And he has to give it to someone who's able to receive. But that receiver is usually in a heterosexual relationship, a, a woman. When she receives this, she blossoms too. She's like a flower. She blossoms. She becomes brighter. Like you can even see a woman with a, in a great relationship. Her skin almost glows. She almost just looks like this bright, glowing individual. And again, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a beautiful thing. And a man who's giving and stepping up into his giving role and providing role, whether it be emotional, financial, whether it be taking care of the family, he starts glowing too. There's a groundedness to him. And there's a peacefulness to him where he knows what he's supposed to do. He's at, he knows who he is. He knows what his role is in the world. And it could be to nurture and provide the platform for the relationship so that her part, his partner can then flower, blossom, become great in her career or great in her, in her motherly roles or both. All right. And I look, I, I can only comment on mono, monogamous couples that I see. I can't comment on homosexual or any other form of relationship because I just haven't seen it. So I think that's beautiful. I think Valentine's Day as a celebration of that is a very, very beautiful thing. So now I'll move on to people who are in the single world. I'm single. And yes, I would say that there's nothing wrong with being single. There's nothing wrong with just doing you. And on Valentine's Day, I don't particularly feel sad or anything that I'm single. However, I will say that I don't believe there are many people who can honestly say, unless they've come out of a relationship, but if you've been single for a long time, I don't believe there are many people who can honestly say that they don't want to at least experience that level of love in some capacity. I don't believe that. And I believe if you reject it, it means you want it even more. Because it's the only thing that makes you feel better about the situation that you're in right now. If you were just to say, it's Valentine's Day, yes, it'd be nice if I had somebody here, but I'm quite content and okay with being by myself. I feel like that's a normal normal response. And I feel like that's quite a human response because we are bonding animals. We do like to be with other people. And I think everyone desires to love and to be loved. But if you, if you vehemently reject that notion, there has to be some sort of idea that's gripped you or you're not being honest with yourself. Like for, the, like for 99% of people, I believe this to be true. People who reject the idea of having this level of love with somebody else probably want it more than the people who say, hey, I'm like, it'd be nice if I had someone to be here with. But if I don't, um, it's okay. Like, it's okay. If it doesn't come, it doesn't come. But if it does come, that'd be nice as well. And I say this with the utmost respect, but in life, in life, genuinely, the main things that will carry us through the next 60 years of our lives will not be our career, it's a very Western idea. It will not be our careers. It will not be the things that we do 
although it is important, I believe that it will be your community, your friends, because that's who you're spending most of your life with, your friends, your family, and they're not going to be around. If you have parents around, that's great. Make the most of that time, but they're not going to be around forever. And then after that, you have this romantic type of love, this bond that might see you through for 30, 40 years of your life. And I look at my parents. My parents are in the, almost in their 70s, and they've been together since for 30-something years. And th- can I say that they're in love? Well, I don't know, because if you look at the metric of whether they're married, yes, they are. So I guess they are, right? Is it heated and passionate and very lovey-dovey, I would say, that you see in movies? Absolutely not. They're not like that at all. In, in, in fact, I feel like they're bickering half the time. But I also observe that after they bicker, they're okay again. They eat together. They do things together. They go grocery shopping together. They have raised two children together. I'm one of them. They see their friends together. They do everything together. And recently, my mom went back to, to, um, to China for some family things. And I observed my dad being by himself most of the time. And he's quite, he was quite happy. And whenever I see my mom and my dad's away, she's quite happy. But together, I feel like there's an extra layer of comfort and camaraderie that they're able to share because they've just been together for so many years. And not only have they been together for so many years, but they have so much history behind them that they're able to accept each other for exactly what they are. They've seen all the highs and lows of each other. I've seen them yelling at each other, screaming at each other. I've seen them criticize each other all the time. But here they are, still together, still having a good time. They have a laugh together. They have a joke together. They have a drink together sometimes. They eat together. And maybe that's what true love looks like. It's not the lovey-dovey stuff you see on television. It's not waking up every day and giving your wife a kiss on the cheek and then ending the day in everyone's embrace, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's like a equal balance or maybe a skewed ratio of I hate you and then I then, then I hate you back. And it's like you have one of those and then you have five interactions where it's like, hey, let's eat together. Hey, let's hang out together. Maybe it's more like that. But obviously that's not very sexy because it isn't it doesn't hit that emotional feels and romantic brain that we've been marketed to in romance novels, in movies. But I feel like that's more of the couples that I've seen who've lasted 40, 50 years of the, old, the, the older people. I remember I used to treat this German dude and he's been with his wife since he was 20, 19 or 20. And they've traveled the world together. And when I saw them together, it wasn't like anything you see in the movies. They were, sh- they were just talking to each other like they're, they're friends. I could tell that they had utmost trust in one another. They were just telling each other things about what they were doing, who's going to go where. They both had their individual lives, but at the end of the day, they would all come back together and they would share. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't mean to offend anyone who is in, who's single and saying stuff like, why do we need to celebrate Valentine's Day and what's wrong with being single? There's nothing wrong with being single. I'm single. There's nothing wrong with being single. All I'm saying is it's a beautiful thing to have the ability to go through life with one person because that's all I, all I know so far. I don't know 
with that many people who've gone through like the 70s and 80s with open relationships. But it seems like a beautiful thing to build history, to build a foundation with one person and to get to the end of your life in the 70, 80, the twilight years of your life and be able to still do things together. Just the menial things, raise children. I think that's a beautiful thing and it probably has developed them in ways that being single, you cannot. You cannot have that. So that's my open thought process on love. If you're single on Valentine's Day, not a problem. Okay. If you're together on Valentine's Day and you're celebrating your love, good for you. That's a beautiful thing. But don't be so critical of the idea that we don't need love. I think all of us do. I think everyone craves it in some form. And anyone who vehemently rejects it in, in, in the sense of being single, being single, being single is great. I don't believe that they'll fully experience the beauty of a part of life. 